At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Numbers Game, presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Gil Alexander. Good hour on tap. Andy McNeil is going to join us, our hockey betting analyst and also host over at SN Bets. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on everything, Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Derek Cardi with us in 15 in the West Reynolds. little crosstalk before we get up and uh, hand it off to Lombardi line. But let's talk some hockey. Andy McNeil, nice enough to give us time very early on this day. Andy, what's up, buddy? I haven't talked to you at least vocally in a while. I haven't heard your voice. How you been? I'm doing good. It's a little later here, not nine nine Mountain Time. I'm not I'm not doing too bad at this time. Uh, I'm 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 up and Adam. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, I'm I've been good, although I am questioning myself uh, as I approach today. And I'm an early riser, but like the energy doesn't pick up until later. Uh, having to be somewhat <laughs> jovial uh, on the microphone is don't know how Gil does it. Not at all. Now. Uh, let's talk brass tacks because I thought yesterday and uh, as you know, the N- as the NBA has kind of winded down, as you know, I'm on it on a day-to-day basis. I've gotten to take in a little bit more hockey and yesterday's game was phenomenal. And that's where I wanted to start with uh, Tampa Bay and New York before we get into today's matchup. So Rangers now lead only two, one because of what happens yesterday. It's a three, two win for the lightning. So they finally get through and they get a win in this series. I'll just ask you from what you watched yesterday. What if anything was different yesterday that allowed Tampa Bay to get their first win? Well, they generated 51 shots on goal, and that's the the big difference. They had 39 in game number one. That wasn't enough. They had 31 in game two, and that certainly uh, wasn't enough. But in game three, yeah, 51 shots on goal, and that's probably what it's going to take to 
um, beat Igor Shosturkin on a on a consistent basis. I mean, um, he's allowed two or fewer goals in eight out of his last ten games now, um, and it, it's it's uh, he's used to facing upwards of you know thirty five shots per game. So um, John Cooper is a, a smart head coach. I think he realized, uh, like the rest of us did, uh, that that you know it wasn't going to be easy or possible even to, to play a defensive style, uh, a patient style like they did against the, the rain or the, the sorry, the, the Panthers and the, the Maple Leafs. And they were going to have to, you know, really force the issue on offense and generate, uh, generate a lot more shots on goal than they were in the playoffs. And they changed up their game plan in game three and, uh, and really, you know, drove play towards the Rangers goal. And it paid off with a, Maybe one of the best goals that I've I've seen. Uh, total team effort on that goal. Great behind the back pass from from Kucherov to Glass, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a, a great finish to a, a great game. All right, I'm glad about that last point because uh, that was one of those goals where I made a loud noise in my room when I was watching it. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> so I'm glad I'm not like a a simple minded sports fan watching that. That, that was a pretty incredible play they pull out at the end and uh, all the way around. So let me ask you, and you and I have talked about this in, in years past, and you taught me a lot about you know hockey analytics and some of these numbers. So when I was looking through some of the metrics, it, it does look like to me that it's a series that one could argue that Tampa Bay should probably be in better better position. Is that fair? Because like, you look at expected goals for very much in their favor for this series. Uh, shot, uh, shot share. They're a small underdog to go forward in the series, and I wonder, like, how much weight is behind those numbers? Am I reading them accurately? Because when I look at those, paired with the fact that this is a team that's probably going to be favored on the road, right? They were the first two games, and you're getting about plus 140-ish on them to win this series. I feel like they should be a better position than they are at this point. Is that right? Well, you know, I, I think I think the Rangers did play really well in, in, game, in the first two games in, in New York. Um, Tampa, I think, you know, uh, Rust was a, a bigger factor than the, the rest for them in, in game number one, or it appears as it was uh, that it was anyway. But um, if, if you know, I, it it could have it definitely could have could have gone either way. I think Vasilevsky, um, you know, obviously wasn't had at his best in, in game one. So um, you know, I, I do think there's a you know a world where the Lightning could be up to one in this series, but the Rangers are, are pretty deserving to, to be where they're at. Um, but if if the Lightning you know continue to turn turn things around like they did in Game Three and, and really outshoot the Rangers two to one, um, it's uh, it's that they, the percentages are going to go in their favor. We've got a you know it's, I think a reasonable take is that Vasilevsky and Igor Shesterkin are pretty comparable goaltenders, right? There's not a, a lot separating these two. They're at the, the top of the heap. And the team, you know, so then in theory, the team that is able to generate, you know, a, a, a much a much higher number of shot attempts uh, mm-hmm. is going to be more likely the team that wins in the end. So um, if, if Tampa Bay can continue to do that, I think uh, I think they have a chance. And we don't know about Braden Point either. I mean, he was he's been skating. He's led the Lightning in goal scoring in the last in both of their runs to the Stanley Cup with 14 goals each time. And they're really missing his offense. So who knows if they can tie up this series at 2-2, maybe he gets back into the series later. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about point. Uh, like from a probability price standpoint, how impactful is his return here on this series for Tampa Bay? Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, big, it's a big move upward of, of 10 cents. And, I mean, that's just uh, trying to quantify it a little bit. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, the Lightning aren't as deep as they have been in years past, and getting a guy like Point back in the lineup that can 
you know, really drives the team in so many ways. And obviously you don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in. Um, a lot of guys are, are trying to obviously play through things at this time of year. So um, if Point does come back, I mean, he'll, he'll be an impactful player, but maybe he won't be at 100%. So as we look forward to um, game four of this, we're looking at the screen right now. Uh, seventy is, I'll call the consensus price on the screen in favor of Tampa Bay. Total five and a half shaded to the under minus 125 or minus 130. Um, so like my question, I guess, would be, you know, I've asked a, bu- a couple of people, so I'll ask you and tie this into it. Like, is home ice really worth something? Because if you're telling me these two goalies are pretty comparable and the Lightning were laying like a buck 25 in the two games on the road against the Rangers, and if home ice isn't worth much, it, it does seem like a big price to me on the surface, Andy, for a Tampa Bay Lightning team that has a goaltender that has been playing just as well as the opposition. Yeah, well, I think we, we saw maybe just how much it was worth in game number three with, yeah. uh, you know, with, with Tampa Bay being able to control the Rangers a, a little bit more. Obviously, Hedman had a much better game. He was able to, um, you know, the, Cooper was able to match him up with the, the lines that he wanted him to play against. Uh, and, and, you know, and Cooper has the, the last change. He's, like I said before, he's a smart coach. So I do think it matters in this series. Um, you know, for me, I, I thought giving the Rangers a little bit too much of a home edge. And obviously I was wrong about that. I lost uh, small plays uh, in game one and game two on the Lightning. Did not go back to them in game three. Um, I thought the line was, was mostly fair. And that's pretty much how I, I feel about it in, in game number four. I think the Rangers got away from their game a little bit. Um, the Lightning were really good. Uh, you know, you would think that New York comes comes out with a, a better effort, you know, closer to what they played like in games, uh, games number one and, and two. So um, I, I think it's going to be tough to put up 50 shots again on Igor, um, but they're, they're going to, you know, broach 35, 40, I would say, in game number four. Things might be a little bit closer. All right, let's go to tonight. Then Colorado and Edmonton Avalanche have a chance to close this thing out of three nothing in the series. Uh, right now on the screen, we're looking at minus one thirty here at the South Pole. I'm sitting low price on my screen right now. Westgate's got minus one twenty four. Uh, by the way, Andy just did uh, post up his write up for today. Go to Veasan.com and check it out in the NHL section. So I'll start with the obvious storyline: Evander Kane suspended game four. Nazim Kadri done for the rest of the series with a fractured thumb. Uh, how impactful is the loss of Kadri here? Uh, it, you know, it's. I think obviously in the long term, it's it's a big loss uh, for the Avalanche if this series does somehow stretch past uh, tonight's game. But in the short term, I think the loss of Kane hurts uh, the Oilers a lot more than losing Kadri hurts the Avalanche because the Oilers are already dealing. Um, you know, they're missing Kyler Yamamoto, they're missing Josh Archibald, two um, you know depth players that that play up and down their lineup. Uh, Yamamoto is more of a, a skilled player for sure. Um, Drysidle, Leon Drysidle and Darnell Nurse are both battling through injuries, and they deserve you know full marks for for trying to gut it out. But Drysidle hasn't been you know anywhere close to the player uh, that even he was in the Calgary series. Uh, he's been really taking a beating. That the Avalanche have been playing him pretty tough, uh, like they have McDavid, and um, and Nurse has been just a liability specifically. Uh, in his own end, he he can't engage physically. He 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 um, just seems to be at the position all the time uh, against this Avalanche team. Um, and and like I said, he neither of those players are, are anywhere close to 100. percent So you know, taking Kane his 13 goals in 15 games as a lineup, that's a big loss uh, for Edmonton. Um, 
the Avalanche, you know, they've been taken down a peg too. They're, they're missing Kadri, obviously missing uh, maybe Andre Burakowski, it sounds like. Um, so, so they're not at full strength either, but they just don't have as many problems uh, as the Oilers have. Like, they, they've got a, a deeper team. JT Comfort split up into Kadri's spot uh, in game three. He played about 17 minutes. He scored a goal. Uh, that was his third goal of the series, fifth goal of the playoffs. So they've got depth. They they have guys that can fill in uh, definitely in the short term, and and that definitely plays in their favor. I think um, they. I, I think what was interesting uh, about um, you know game three was just the way that Colorado has has played on the road in the playoffs and and in Edmonton here. Um, and Nathan McKinnon talked about it after the game. They said they're not here to please anybody. They're they're here to make a growth and boring and you know average shot attempts per team in the nhl per game is about 60 and that's kind of what we're looking at they held the oilers um you know down around 56 shot attempts only 43 made it uh towards the nest the rest were blocked only 29 hit the nest so you know they're blocking a lot of shots they're keeping the oilers to the outside um, one thing Edmonton was able to do against Calgary was, you know, McDavid and Drysaddle and those players were able to get to the inside and get great scoring chances. That hasn't been the case. They've held Connor McDavid to uh, two shots on goal in game number one, two shots on goal in, in game number three. He had four. He played his best game probably uh, in game number three, and he was on the ice for all four goals. So I've got a bet on the Avalanche tonight at minus 130. Uh, I think they end the series tonight. Uh, they're in a good position to do, to do so. Follow him on Twitter, Digital Gambler. Again, vsin.com. You find the write-ups every day. Andy, good to talk to you, man. Really appreciate it. All right, thanks. Andy McNeil. All right, we'll come back. We have more baseball. Dirk Cardi, fantasy and base- betting analyst next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, 
those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, folks, VEASAN Summer Specials here for only 39 bucks. You're going to get everything VEASAN has to offer from now until the end of July. Next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. Subscribers are going to have access to all of it. That includes Adam Burke's Daily Major League Baseball Best Bets. I've got an article on Best Bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil, who just talked to. Uh, all the action on the ice and his article for today is up on the website right now. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, among other sports too. So if you want the full VEASAN experience, features daily best bet email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and more, check it out. 39 bucks. VEASAN subscriber through July 31st. VEASAN.com slash summer. All right. Let's welcome in Derek Cardi, fantasy and betting analyst for Major League Baseball, and we got a lot to get to with Derek. I have a massive block of text of questions, Derek, and topics that I want to discuss with you. First off is uh, very sound and analytical, and I'm sure you have a lot of numbers behind this. How much did the Phillies really hate Joe Girardi? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) managers are an easy scapegoat when a team is not doing well. You know, it, it makes the fan base feel better, like they're, you know, there's someone responsible and they're moving in a better direction now. But ultimately, managers really don't have that much impact. Um, and and Joe Girardi kind of got a raw deal because, you know, most managers are more or less the same in terms of their impact on the game. And uh, he was just dealing with an underperforming squad, a squad that's getting unlucky. The Phillies are... I still think one of the absolute best teams in baseball and they just haven't performed like that so far, but you look up and down their roster and they're so talented that they have to start winning more games. And now they're going to, and people are going to be like, Oh, you know, it's because they don't have Girardi now. Like, you know, this was the right move. Now the Phillies are going to start performing better, but like they were going to regardless. And that's the weird thing with Philly. Cause I'm with you. Like the, the, the more I watch them and look at some of this stuff, the more I feel like I want more from them. And like defensively, they're one of the worst in major league baseball. I think that's probably going to stick around throughout the course of the year. But you go to that, like that West coast trip they had, what was it? Two or three weeks ago where they're just like tearing the ball apart. They're hitting the ball out of the park. They're performing really well offensively. They come back home. They're absolutely dead. And you see what they can do offensively in this series against the angels that they just played I feel like like you're looking at them right now plus two ten to make the postseason at the very least do you still think this is a postseason chance for the Philadelphia Phillies yeah I do um, obviously they have a hole to dig themselves out of yeah. but again if they're going to perform like one of the better teams in baseball over the rest of the year then yeah if you're getting them at good odds I'm all about that you know you look up and down their their roster and you know they're dealing with some injuries now but this is still a team that has so many studs. Like they have a couple of really elite pitchers. They have good depth in their rotation. Their lineup has, you know, probably five or six like legitimate stars in it. And, uh, you know, it's just, this is a team that almost has to play better. And yeah, the defense is bad, but defense is like the least important Mm -hmm. part of the puzzle. If the pitching and the hitting is there, you can, 
easily overcome bad defense. Lots of teams do. Yeah, the Segura, the Segura injury, a massive loss for Philly, but not as massive yeah. a loss to my fantasy baseball team, uh, which is struggling at this point right now. All right, well, let's talk about their opponent. The Angels have lost 11 consecutive games. Bullpen rotation. Look, I'm an Angels fan, Derek. I think I've told you this before. Uh, this You could tell me it's 2018. Like, this is the exact same thing that we see from this year, this team all the time, which is in the offseason, they try to buy low on pitching options. It maybe looks good for a little bit, but ultimately falls apart. So how bad does this get for the Angels? They Again, they've lost 11, both ends, rotation and bullpen have not performed very well. Like, where does this start to turn around? Obviously, they're going to win games again, but like, what is this team? Yeah, I mean, this is a team that has star power that is going to keep them in contention, winning games. But ultimately, this is a team that's closer to, you know, 500 the rest of the way than, you know, like a division winner team. You know, they have Trout, they have Otani. But the rest of their lineup is is not great. They've had some early season breakouts that may or may not be legitimate. Their rotation has a lot of question marks. Like ultimately, this is a team that's probably a little above average, and you know, probably not really going to get there. What do you made of Trout? Hit list again yesterday. Zero for twenty six. Now is the slide. Uh, his home away splits are like really extreme. If you're looking at some, I think he's hitting three forty at home, two hundred on the road. Uh, is this just hey, it's a twenty six plate appearance sample size, relatively small. He's going to bounce back. Yeah, that, that's literally all it is. Yeah. Like he's Mike Trout. We have a long enough track record of him knowing that he is, you know, a top two hitter in baseball. You look even at his seasonal numbers; they're fantastic. Yeah. Still, you know, a twenty six plate appearance slide. It's just a blip. Like it's he's fine. So even those extreme road away splits at the beginning part of this year, nothing to worry about. You think? No, I wouldn't be concerned at all. I mean, why would we expect it to be yeah. much? You know, over the course of his career, you know, like he hasn't shown that. You know, it's just uh, I think it's just noise. It's nothing, nothing to worry about. All right, and you mentioned managers. I'll just ask you this really quickly because you kind of answered it when you talked about Girardi. Uh, there has been a lot of ah, Madden. Here he goes again. You got to fire this guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Uh, but again, when I watch this Angels team, you know, you talk about underperformance. There's been a lot of underperformance and the defense not as impactful, but we had a poor defensive play the other night, actually yesterday in that game. I think this is more about the players around the squad as opposed to Madden himself. Makes some weird decisions, but what do you make of Madden and the job he's done? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like there's a lot of holes in this Angels lineup. There's a lot of talent issues with this team um, and managers ultimately don't have a huge impact on things, but if we are looking at, okay, which managers are better or worse, especially in terms of like managing like in-game tactics, mm -hmm. Joe Madden is, is not very good. <laughs> like he, he's had this reputation for years cause he's won world series and he was with the Rays when they were like super analytical, but like, he's just, he's a galaxy brainer. Like he just, he does things that really just don't make sense. Like even the, the Cubs, when they won the World Series that one year, like they won in spite of him. Like he was making so many bad decisions. And, you know, he probably brings other strengths to the team. You know, people talk about how he's a good clubhouse guy and like that kind of stuff matters. It's just not quantifiable. But the stuff that is quantifiable, the actual decisions in a game, uh, he's he's not he's not very good with that. <laughs> the, uh, the, the best way I've heard Joe Girardi or excuse me, um, Joe Madden described is uh, he he leans over to one of his assistants during a game and goes, hey watch this. And then just walks out to the mound and just does something ridiculous. And you're like, Oh, let's see if it works or not. Uh, all right, let's move on from here. Uh, so I was talking about the other LA team, of course, uh, the Dodgers and in the grand scheme of things, get this out of the way, the Dodgers are gonna be fine. They're a very good team, but I think more from like a value and perception standpoint, there's an interesting conversation to be had. They were dollar 80 favorite and a dollar 45 favorite in the two losses to the Mets, uh, well over $3 in the two losses to the pirates. So my question, I guess would be like, this is a good Dodgers team, but is it really as good as the market is perceiving it to be? Cause I don't think that's the case. 
I mean, it's always going to depend on the specific game, who's pitching, who's mm. pitching on the other side, which Dodgers are sitting out because they do kind of shuffle the lineup a little bit. You know, is Will Smith playing? Because that's such a huge, a huge bonus to have, you know, a catcher that that's that good, you know, compared to like Austin Barnes or whoever the backup is going to be that day. But yeah, I mean, the Dodgers really are far and away the best team in baseball, like like by a lot. It's really just a matter of of what the odds are in any given circumstance. I I kind of think at times they're underrated, you know, they're because everyone knows they're good, but I don't think everyone realizes how good they are, especially when they do go on a little bit of a slide. So I'll be interested to see how the markets kind of uh, treat them over the next week or so. Do we have any worry at all for a guy like Bueller, nine and runs, four homers, last two starts, three oh, of the yeah. last? Yeah. What's going on with him, you think? Well, he's just never, he's not actually as good as people think he is. Okay. Like he's a, he's a great pitcher, but he's not like a, like an ace. He's not like a Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, Corbin Burns, like that high, high level guy. He's like a top 25, top 30 pitcher in baseball, but he's not like a top five or 10 guy the way I think a lot of people treat him as like he, you know, he's, you know, been a Cy Young contender the last few years. I think, I think he probably won last year. Um, He's just not that good, though. Like, the strikeouts, he's not a high strikeout guy. And he's been getting by on low BABIP for years. And this year, well, his BABIP is 311. He's finally, you know, not getting that super good luck anymore. And look at his ERA. It's almost four, which is exactly what every single projection system thought he would do at the start of this year. So, yeah, like, he's just, he's a guy that's gotten by more on reputation and good luck than on actually being one of the true, like, best pitchers in baseball. Yeah, and you see the NL Cy Young odds if you're watching the broadcast. Uh, Walker Bueller, uh, as of last update, 12-1 to 1 to win the Cy Young. Now, personally, because I'm a big Zach Gallon fan, I think it's ridiculous he's ahead of him, but uh, that's the topic for another day. All right, last 90 seconds with you, Derek. Uh, real quick, Cardinals, 8-3 and three, the last 11. Offensive numbers look pretty good, and there's some pretty good performances in this lineup. Uh, what do we make of this little spurt here from St. Louis? Is there really that big of a gap between them and Milwaukee, or is this just kind of noise? I think Milwaukee's a lot better, yeah, but okay. the Cardinals always find a way to just like overperform what everyone thinks. They call up some random guy from AAA <laughs> who just like crushes, or they just they have some kind of magic that they always manage to overperform. But like you look at the talent on the roster, and the Brewers are considerably better. Derek, it's always good to talk to you, and always appreciate the time, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Derek Cardi. Again, follow him on Twitter, Derek Cardi. Um, yeah, I think that's really good because if you look at the Cardinals, uh, you know, and um, you follow what they've been able to do, I mean, they have been awesome. If you look at this, like, 11-game stretch that they have been on, 11th weighted, run cre- uh, weighted runs created plus, uh, looks like they're kind of coming along here in the Central, uh, but and only a half game separates them, but you see some of those division odds right there, NL Central, Brewers minus 350 to win that thing, and for a very good reason. The Brewers have been fantastic, and I also think Cardi brings up an awesome point when it comes to Walker Bueller. Uh, if you haven't paid attention to what a guy like Zach Gallon has been doing uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks and the fact that he would be behind Bueller because of the reputation of the team that he's on, I think it's a little ridiculous. And uh, Zach Allen, again, over the weekend, does not get the win, but still four strikeouts over six innings strong against the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we have a lot left to get to. We'll get back to the Major League Baseball Daily Card. Wes Reynolds joins us in about uh, 20 minutes as well. It's JBT filling in for Gill here on a numbers game.
Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com. Check the current betting splits data. Betting splits page is going to show you where the money and the bets are moving for every game. And now it is updated every 10 minutes. You can see changes in all the action. You're going to be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. I want to go back to the NBA Finals really quick uh, before we get to the rest of the baseball card. It's actually, there's really nothing going on in Major League Baseball. I think there's six games today. Uh, not really much. But we didn't really get to expand on this uh, with uh, Drew Dinsick and when we opened the show. Um, so I figured it was worth building on really quickly before we move on from the topic. NBA Finals MVP. So Stephen Curry is uh, the favorite here at plus 100. And this is courtesy of uh, One Shop at MGM. It also ties into where we're at from a series price perspective, which I think is pretty fascinating. Uh, there are a couple of shops that have the Warriors as the favorite to win this series ever so slightly at minus 115, uh, despite the fact that they're going to be underdogs in the next two games. So pretty interesting dynamic there uh, and don't have home court. But if you uh, and you see that right there, yes, these are courtesy of MGM as well. So it's BetMGM FanDuel, and there's one more shop off the top of my brain that I can't remember that have the Warriors as the favorites to win this series, despite the situation that they are in heading into Boston without home court and a 1-1 split back at home. But regardless, I uh, wanted to bring this up because the Finals MVP conversation I think is pretty fascinating. And I thought Drew Dinsick, when he joined us at the bottom of the last hour, uh, put it pretty well, which is it does seem that there are whatever the powers that be. And look, you don't vote for this during the series. So these odds are just clearly, when you're talking about finals MVP odds, uh, subjective. You're just going to set these based on liability and how you feel, uh, how this might go. So it's not surprising to see this to the two big names at the top and Stephen Curry and Jason Tatum. Uh, again, what, even money for Curry and plus 115 for Tatum. The thing here, though, is I think it opens the door potentially for anybody who is in the camp like me, for example, who believes that Boston still is going to win this series. Um to shop elsewhere around for finals MVP in terms of who could win this thing. A Jalen Brown, for example, who was 13 to one to win this award before the series started, had a really good game in game one was uh, the, the spark in the fourth quarter that ultimately started that comeback against the golden state warriors that led them to their win in that game. And Brown wasn't good in game two, 17 points, five of 17 from the floor, three of nine from three point range and turned the ball over just a couple of times. But I, I would hope, and this is the very important part about this. Those who watched game two and who have a vote for this award would realize that 28 points on eight of 19 shooting, that doesn't necessarily mean it was a very good game. Jason Tatum was terrible in game two, despite the 28 points and six rebounds and three assists. And I thought the other great point that was brought up by Drew was even in game one, in which you're kind of explaining away the fact that he was absolutely awful from a scoring perspective and efficiency standpoint. And he had double digits assist or double digit assist. And it's fantastic. And, you know, we'll remember that, you know, he was a facilitator. He changed his role. He wasn't good in that game either. And you look at some of the uh, numbers. How about the history that was made by Tatum yesterday? He was his plus minus negative 36, the worst plus minus by any player in a finals game in the play by play era. And this is a guy who is the second choice to win finals MVP right now in this series behind Stephen Curry. So I just, when you're looking at odds like this, I still think that as somebody who has a ticket on Brown and who believes the Celtics still are going to win this thing, uh, I think you circle Brown as a number. And again, there's better than 750 out there. You could find them at about nine to one or so. Uh, that is, I think, 
the name that you're zeroing in on at this point right now. Because when it comes to Curry and the Warriors, um, yes, you can bet them at even money if you'd like and, and explain it away as, hey, man, the Warriors are favored in the series, and I can take even money here, and yada, yada, yada. But if the Celtics come out in a better situation in Game 3 and win that thing, and Brown and or Tatum has a better game, then you're going to get better odds on Curry to do so. And in terms of the probability of that happening with the Celtics laying 3.5 at home and uh, being what I believe is to be the better team, it's pretty likely that you're going to get better odds on Stephen Curry uh, than even money at this point uh, to win finals MVP. But I think it's a pretty interesting market. It's also subjective. And it's also one of the more annoying things when it comes to uh, betting on because you get really simplistic voters who are just looking at things like points per game and going, that guy's got to be it. Most outstanding player in the NCAA tournament, obviously being the worst example of it when Ochek Baji won it. And he should not have even sniffed that award after what happened for Kansas in the two games in the final four. All right, with that, and in the uh, NBA side, we're going to get back to that with Wes Reynolds when he joins us coming up in a couple of minutes. I wanted to get back to Major League Baseball because uh, there's a few more talking points uh, that we left off on because we were talking about some of the better games on the board. And again, it's a short slate. Um, Arizona and Cincinnati, if we could go here, because didn't really get to finish up. Madison Bumgarner is going to oppose Hunter Green uh, in this game. Uh, some of weather, I guess, that is worth noting here in this game over in Cincinnati. Um, nothing crazy, but it does seem like there's a slight chance for rain in this game. Uh, we're talking about, I think, precipitation of the chance of about 13%, 35% uh, humidity in the range of about 74%. Seems like a balmy day and winds uh, 14 miles an hour out to left. So you see a little bit of a weather warning here for the most part. And the total's at 9.5, shaded to the over at minus 115. Um, and pretty much where we opened here. But what I find really interesting about this game is, you know, the Diamondbacks have been a team that uh, really um, been a little undervalued by the betting market to start the season. And uh, they have performed pretty well for a team with their expectations. They come in three games under 500, uh, but an ROI of plus 6% away games. Because again, when you're talking about playing on the road and catching bigger numbers in terms of a price standpoint, they have really delivered uh, up to this point with the yes, 12 and 13 record on the road. But if you're talking about it in terms of return, plus 11.6%. So they have done a pretty good job, and they've clearly been a little undervalued. And now underdogs on the road against the Cincinnati Reds and Hunter Green pitching. Here's the thing, though, and this is why I find this spot um, pretty fascinating, is Madison Bumgarner uh, is one of those guys that when you look at his numbers, would tell you that some things are coming for him in a negative light. 331 ERA, 492 fielding independent. So there's a really big delta there between his his earned run average and his fielding independent. And we've seen a little bit of this come and go, right, in a couple of these starts. He's had some brilliant starts, but he also got rocked by the Dodgers over six innings, five earned runs, got taken deep three times. On the road against the Cubs, got beat up a little bit, four earned runs over seven innings, and got taken deep twice there in that game too. And um, strikeouts in that Dodgers game, too, wasn't really high. Three strikeouts in that. And, and I think, like, when you're looking at Madison Bumgarner, I think you always got to be cautious. And this is always a really good handicapping tool. Adam Burke, who uh, works here at the network and writes about this stuff all the time, looking at these underlying numbers and finding spots to potentially play against him, um, this is potentially one of those. However, the problem is, is not every situation created equal. You don't want to just look at a, go, a guy and go, hey, man, that guy's fadeable. Let's bet against him. Because the problem is the team that he's opposing is the Cincinnati Reds, and the pitcher that he's opposing is Hunter Green. And when you look at some of the numbers for him, 619 ERA, 610 fielding independent, he's kind of exactly what you expect here in terms of his numbers being pretty tight across the board. Strikeout stuff is great, but he's got a really bad problem with walks. He walks four and a half guys every nine innings, and the home runs have been a massive problem for him in terms of giving up 2.8 home runs every nine innings. And in a ballpark like this in Cincinnati, probably won't help. Uh, in terms of Green being a backable price here or a backable pitcher, so I, I just I'm really curious overall. Why I bring this game up is 
I'm interested to see the performance that Madison Bumgarner puts forward because you have seen those little blips on the radar. I don't think they're just blips. I think those are legitimate concerns for Madison Bumgarner. The numbers would back that up too. And the D-backs, small underdog on the road against the Cincinnati Reds. Other games uh, worth bringing up here is, of course, we only got three games left uh, to discuss. Cal Quantrill, son of Paul Quantrill, uh, is going to be on the hill for the Cleveland Guardians. And, um, Cal's been putting forth a pretty solid season up to this point for Cleveland. Over 53 and two-thirds innings and nine starts. Uh, he has been a solid pitcher. 352 ERA, 387 expected, or excuse me, fielding independent. Uh, the expected ERA of 427, it's a little bit higher, uh, but you see that up a little bit uh, at times with some of these pitchers. I'm still personally trying to work out how to balance the expected ERA with fielding independent. Uh, if you read Adam Burke's work, he's done a great job in breaking down those differences. But if you look at Quantrill in terms of what he provides as a pitcher, man, doesn't give up a bunch of hard contact, just a third of the balls uh, batted against him. Exit velocity, 95 miles an hour or higher. Uh, he has not been keeping the ball down as much this year as he has in years past. Ground ball to fly ball ratio, uh, just under one at 0.89. Uh, but he has been a pretty solid starter for Cincinnati. And on the flip side, you get John Gray for Texas, who has um, not really been that, but there are signs that Gray, I think, potentially could have some positive things coming for him. 483 ERA, but 405 expected ERA, and a fielding independent well, full run, actually just 1.1 uh, runs lower than that at 350, uh, 375. Uh, Gray, I think, is one of those dudes where if you're circling guys as we move forward into the season – that are potentially worth backing, especially against a Texas team that has some pop in their lineup. Uh, he could be one of them. And we've seen some of that in some of his current last few outings against the Tampa Bay Rays. Last time out, it was on June 1st. Seven innings pitched, just one run. It was courtesy of a solo shot. And Gray struck out 12. Uh, after the, Before that, he had outings where he went against the uh, Houston Astros. It was awesome. It was uh, back on May 21st, and he put together a good performance. We're talking about six innings against Houston, struck out four, only gave up two earned runs. Uh, yeah, I think you're starting to see that Gray and some of the underlying numbers that tells you he's a little bit better than giving credit for, uh, that he is one to look at there. And by the way, you see the total nine and a half shaded to the under at minus 115. Uh, we have seen that get bumped up from the opener of eight and a half. But Gray's, got one of, Gray's one of those dudes that I've got circled as we move forward here uh, to potentially back, especially if he's going to get some run support because he's put together some good performances and his underlying numbers would tell you that maybe there's some better stuff coming for him. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. John Von Tobel, I've been billing in for Gil Alexander just for today. My understanding is Jeff Parles will be back in this chair tomorrow filling in for Gil. So you'll enjoy your normal and regularly scheduled programming. Wes Reynolds will join us next as we hand it off to the Lombardi line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points and MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows, hotel rooms, and over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and value perks. When you wager at the BetMGM app sign up with the betmgm or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with betmgm rewards eligibility restrictions apply visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions got to be 21 years of age or older to wager please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER somebody who when they look at him says you know what i don't know if that man is 21 or older wes reynolds is here with us what's up man <laughs> good to be with you how are you uh it's a little too early for me I no idea mm-hmm. how gil does this uh and i'm an early riser but as i was telling the guys now, beforehand, even though you told me that you got up at 245 this morning uh, i did and i and i wake up early actually the average wake up time is about 4 a.m the difference is i get to be like moody and groggy for like two hours mm-hmm. you know what i mean and like slowly ramp it up mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to you know putting on a smiling face and being jovial or whatnot. So I'm kind of dying inside. Regardless, uh, we have the last couple of minutes, and you're coming up on the Lombardi line, so I don't want to take all of your thunder. But I wanted to ask you something, because this has kind of been a little theme that I've been running through, and uh, I ran into it yesterday. So I think really good process uh, in terms of handicapping stuff is you have to view your faults. Like, where are you your weakest? And I think one of my blind spots, Wes, is I poo-poo, and you know this, we've talked about it, I poo-poo situations Mm -hmm. and spots, Mm -hmm. right? In the regular season, I'm like, (laughs) whatever. Like, if you're going to tell me the point spread should be a point higher because of this situation, I don't really buy it. And we ran into that yesterday, right? Game one, Warriors close three and a half. Game two, some spots close five. 
because mm-hmm. why? It's the situation. It's sure. the bounce back. It's the zigzag. So I took it on the chin, and you know, all losses are the same. It doesn't matter by how much. Uh, but regardless, I lose that game. Uh, because I backed Boston here and situational handicappers such as yourself get to walk away from the cash. Do you find a balance there in terms of betting spots and situations, especially when it comes to the postseason where zigzags and bounce backs are so prevalent in the NBA? Yeah, I think you have to, but look, I don't think you could be all or nothing necessarily. I try to be like a little bit of like a smorgasbord or a buffet handicapper where it's a little bit of everything because look, I did like the quote unquote spot or situation. However, I wasn't one of these people that were like, well, Boston just made everything in the fourth quarter, and that's why they won game one. It was a lot deeper than that, right. and you've discussed it ad nauseum here on Visa. And just to kind of reiterate those points, it was that Golden State did have some flaws that were shown in game one, and I still think those flaws are there. Despite the fact that you have a win last night and you're now going back to Boston one-to-one, I still think Jordan Poole is bad defensively. Mm-hmm. I still think you've kind of got to live with a, a little bit of his erratic play. And look, when you throw in a 39-foot three, all of a sudden at least you're maybe more of a willing defender, not necessarily a good defender. We see that all the time with teams. When shots are going in, they're more than willing to play defense when they're not going in. It's hard to bring that effort on the other end. And you oftentimes don't see him do it. I think with golden state too, it's probably good that or fortuitous that Andre Iguodala uh, was on the injury report, whether he was on the injury report or it's like, okay, we can't play this guy in the right. fourth quarter. Like was, Kerr had to limit himself. Yeah, He's like, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. It was one or the other, but nevertheless, I, I think that that was beneficial for golden state. And uh, you know, I kind of did when Jordan Poole was uh, struggling early, I was like tired. Jordan Poole wired Gary Payton, the second mm-hmm. and Gary Payton, the second coming back has absolutely been key. Cause that gives you another guy can make a couple shots from the outside. And also a guy that's going to be a very good defender in a backcourt that really needs it. So You never want to overread. Look, uh, Boston obviously regressed from a shooting standpoint, but there are other things that they didn't do well. So you never want to just have those snap judgments, I don't think, where it's like, well, Boston just threw everything in in game one, so now they're going to lose in game two. That's not necessarily why I bet it here. I just thought that there were going to be some adjustments made. You know, like you talked about on social, on Twitter, don't play Green and Looney too much together. Don't play Green and Iguodala too much together. Don't play Looney and Iguodala too much together. Where you'd have two non-scorers on the floor when this team's banging in threes all over the place. Yeah, it was. Uh, and look, it just goes to show Kerr and the Warriors, their core's pretty good. <laughs> like they're, and Kerr's a really good coach. And the adjustments, we always talk about that A-word adjustments. And you saw it was clear defensively and offensively. I thought, my eyes at least told me there was a lot more traditional pick and rolls. They were forcing them. To, they were slipping screens. They were doing a little bit more trying to make Boston pay mm-hmm. uh, for switching stuff. Where, where were you at? I, I didn't know that. Where were you at with this series before it started? I did not have a pre-flop bet on this series. By opinion been, wise though, like, what did you think? Well, I thought golden state, but I thought like golden state and seven. And, yeah. and I think that's just, you know, going into kind of my old, you know, way of thinking and saying, okay, this team has 123 games of finals experience and Boston doesn't have any mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, at some point that is going to matter, I think. And I know, I know that you like Boston and you made a very convincing case for the Boston Celtics and look still only one-to-one anybody series, oh, yeah. as you could see by the uh, current pricing. But I just thought, you know, the experience, it is a first time coach, even though you're a big fan of Adoka as am I. So I thought, okay, is this too much too soon a little bit for this team? But 
It doesn't look like it is. If you look, it's a very even series, and it would not shock me if Boston won this series, but I did kind of lean Golden State. Yeah, Warriors now favored at multiple shops in the series, despite being three-and-a-half-point underdogs in Game 3, and likely, depending on a a, uh, catastrophic result for the Boston Celtics in Game 3 and underdog in Game 4. But the Celtics have a history of responding here. I've said it a couple of times on the show today, 26-11 and straight up, 25-12 and ATS after a straight-up loss this season. That includes regular and postseason, so we'll see uh, if they respond. All right, off of that to uh, NHL. So I want to get your thoughts a couple of things. So I asked Andy McNeil. He was with us at the top of the show, and I was looking at some of the numbers for this series between the Rangers and the Lightning. Awesome finish yesterday between Mm -hmm. these two. Really good game. But I kind of got the sense when I was looking at some of the numbers, Wes, that like the Lightning, not that they should be up like 3-0 in this series. Or I think you could look at these numbers and look at the way the first two games have been played and think, you know, this might be a team that you can make an argument should be in a better position in this series than what they were going into yesterday and after yesterday. Yeah, I think you absolutely can. Because game one, I did look at it and going back to that situational thing. I mean, they had like a thousand days off. Yeah, the Lightning had eight days yeah. off. And you kind of saw that a little bit with Colorado. Now, Colorado was a much better team in game one against St. Louis and those West semifinals, but you could tell that the timing was a little bit off. And I think it was for the Tampa Bay lightning and that Rangers kids line and the Rangers having the more youthful legs, I think, you know, took it to Tampa Bay a little bit. And and maybe there's something to that with Tampa Bay where it's like, okay, this team has played two Stanley cups in a row and won two Stanley cups in a row. A lot of miles. So sometimes you get some miles on those engines here and maybe you're a little bit of a step slow. And I think that they kind of were in the garden, but then yesterday I thought that they came out very aggressive, really dictated the play. It was pretty even through two periods, but in that third period, I felt it was all Tampa Bay lightning. They were really putting the pressure on the Rangers and look, the Rangers still very young, a little bit inexperienced in the playoffs. So, you know, when a team punches back, how are you going to deal with it? Cause it was like, it was the Rangers throwing all the punches in the first two games and being the more physical team. Well, Tampa Bay was like, we're done with that. And they were the more physical team. So two really good goaltenders, Vasilevsky and Igor Shesterskin, really the best two goaltenders remaining in the playoffs. So no surprise. I think that the lightning, and I even said that yesterday, I was like, they got too much pride to get swept. I mean, oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're just, they're going to put at least one and they're maybe going to put both on the board here, but Tampa Bay, I think if they can play that little defensive style of hockey where they can pay the price and block shots, they've been number one in the Stanley Cup playoffs for doing that. And then you've got Andre Vasilevsky behind there then you're still in pretty good business. This is not an old roster, but this is a roster that does have some miles on it. All I know is that it was a good thing Vegas got rid of Gerard Gallant. Right. Made the, made the right decision. Right. This right. A- absolutely. Uh, they keep making uh, really great decisions over there at T-Mobile. Did, did you, uh, did, do you have anything in Av- uh, Colorado Edmonton later? Uh, it I, it I does seem not, like it's all put yeah, done here. I have, I have not yet. I, I had the, uh, the under in game one that went swimmingly, but game two went a lot better. Uh, so that's six and a half are on the board now. Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, I know. And, and I had the Oilers also on Saturday. I thought that that was their chance to bounce back. And what did they do? Connor McDavid scores in the first 38 seconds. And then Evander Kane, who's a who's a favorite of, of, of Vegas hockey fans, by the way. Good guy go, all the way around. Go research seems. that story on Evander Kane. So what does he do? He cross-checks Nazim Kadri about a minute later, totally stifles their momentum. Even though Edmonton ended up killing that five-minute major penalty, I thought that changed the dynamic of the game because all of a sudden you don't take that penalty. What if you get another tally in the next couple minutes? It's 2-0, and you got that crowd rocking up there in Edmonton, and then maybe Colorado goes, okay, we know we're in for some business 
here. But that kept Colorado in the game. Now, Kadri, by the way, not going to go for the rest nope. of this series. So it does feel I have not bet this. I wouldn't be shocked if Edmonton at least got one on the board. Wouldn't be shocked if Colorado swept here. But small lean to the over just because in elimination games, I think the betters always like to bet the under kind of thinking, okay, a team doesn't want to make a mistake. So they're going to play yeah. real tight and close to the vest, but small lean to the over here. You can still get six and a half, but it's about a dollar 30, dollar 35 big. I like it. All right. What's coming up on Lombardi line. What are you and your best friend, Patrick Meyer have planned? Huh? <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk at NBA, NHL, major league baseball, a little recap of the Memorial tournament that we saw this weekend. How'd that and, go uh, for you? Memorial. Yeah. Okay. All right. hey. <laughs> Not really that great. Wes, I, didn't, I didn't have the outright. Your, uh, your golf coverage uh, along with Brady's has been phenomenal. So I think you're allowed to have an okay tournament every once in a while. Wes Reynolds is going to be coming up next here at the desk with Patrick Maher on the Lombardi line. I'm all done here on a numbers game for the week as well. Jeff Parles will be back in this seat filling in for Gil and Jeff, Jonathan Von Topel, and I'll also be back on the edge in a few hours too. So I'll see you then. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done